At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. It is time to preview NFL Week 15 here on VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Burke, alongside me per usual to preview every full slate of Sunday action. But now we've got Saturday included. It's our guy, Mike Palm, who you can follow along on Twitter at Mike Palm Circa. We've got tons to go through. If you're new to the show, what Mike and I do is we preview every single game from the first to the last, go over some of our favorite bets, just talk lean, strategy, and much more. And typically how we kick things off is we get an update with some of the bigger contests over at Circa Sports where Mike is always hanging out and working at. And Mike, uh, Survivor, we finally had some mayhem occur last week. We almost had some big-time carnage if the Texans would have pulled through against Dallas. But what's the update now with Survivor contests as we're dwindling down in this season? Well, you know, uh, Danny, we went for three or four weeks. We only went from like 73 to 70, right? And, and went through Thanksgiving and all of that with no elimination. And then it went from 70 to 30. We lost 40 entries last week. And it started off with that ridiculous game on Thursday night with the Raiders, 11 people eliminated. I feel bad for those 11. I mean, they, they, they should still be in. Uh, Seahawks were the top pick, 15. They lose at home. The Carolina Panthers, who now suddenly are alive in the NFC South race. Look, I, I said there was something suspicious about that Titans line, and boy, did they get whipped at home by You're Jacksonville. Right. They got off to the lead, and then they just couldn't stop Trevor Lawrence and company. Another 12 went out with them. One Steeler play against Baltimore, done, and then they had the contradictory picks on Monday night, so we had to lose one. Patriots and Cardinals, tough going out for $6 million, uh, with uh, Cliff Kingsbury, but Cardinals pick went out, so now we're down to 30. And as we go through the games here, we'll comment a little bit. You know, the big favorites, are people don't really have 
not many people left that right. have them. You know, there's only two Chiefs. They're the biggest favorite against the Texans. Only two left. There's only one Cowboys. I don't think there's any Eagles or Bills left. So people are going to have to start taking these teams. It's three, three and a half, four point favorites now uh, here, and it gets a little bit dicey. Yeah, and I was talking to one of my buddies who's at least in his survivor contest back here in Illinois. Uh, pretty big pool, relatively speaking. Obviously not the $6 million prize that you guys got going on, but we were deciding on who we should take based on who he has remaining. And of course, like you said, not really available are the big favorites for this week. So the team that he kind of has been looking at, and I don't necessarily disagree. I think it's probably going to, well, it always is a sweat, but the first game we'll get into here, Mike, uh, the Minnesota Vikings in the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, you talk about a team laying about four points, and that's Minnesota right here against a dreadful Colts team. Now, yes, they are off a bye week, but does that really matter for the Colts, Mike? I mean, the Colts are 31st in the league and scoring just 16 points per game. And yes, Minnesota's defense has been really poor as of late, allowing over 30 points per game throughout the last five. But defensively, it looks like safety Harrison Smith could be back in the mix, and also offensively for the Vikings. Christian Derrissaw is going to be back, and when he's been in the lineup, uh, the running backs are averaging about 4.7 yards per carry as opposed to under 3 yards per carry when he hasn't been in the mix. So it's really a big difference if they could get him to go. And obviously on the other side of the ball too, you got Matt Ryan who leads the league in interceptions with 13 and fumbles with 14. So I don't, and I'll get to my play with this in a second, but I guess I would kind of see if you're limited Minnesota seeming like a viable option. By the way, this game's on Saturday. Yeah, I think Minnesota will be used. I think the four people that have the Packers on Monday night, I know we won't talk about that game. They're definitely going to take the Packers in this spot, True. playing seven against the, the banged-up Rams. Um, I thought this number was short, Danny. Four doesn't make sense to me, and I'm not like wow. I'm saying, well, this is suspicious. It's just the Vikings – main liability on defense is their pass defense. I don't know how the Colts expose that. I just don't think the Colts match up to take advantage of the Vikings defense. Vikings, of course, coming off the loss to Detroit. Um, I like that. I like the fact that they lost to Detroit if you want to back them here. And in fact, I don't give a lot of plays on this podcast, but I'm going to give a play on the very first game. I laid the four with the Vikings. Let's go, Mike. That's what I love to hear. So here I was going to lay the four and I'll kind of explain. Oh, God. Money uh, line? What I, oh, Lord. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't, well, I did do the money line, but what I did is I put them in a parlay is what I did mm. here. So basically my strategy. So I like the bills, which we could kind of just tag these along together. I like the idea of teasing down Buffalo, right? Because they're about a seven point favorite in a revenge spot against Miami. By the way, that game's going to be snowy, cold. Probably the opposite of what players from Miami, a.k.a. two, are going to be uh, want to be involved with. Again, in a revenge spot for Buffalo, we just saw them come back against the Jets, even though they lost to them. Wasn't pretty, but they came through for our teaser spots. And then uh, this week they get Miami. Now, again, so what I'm going to – so the thought is – I, I like teasing down Buffalo, Mike, but I wasn't really in love with any other spots to tease. I mean, certainly you could look toward the Eagles as a nine-point road favorite. All right, I don't, I don't necessarily hate that. Of course, you could go to Monday and look at Green Bay from seven down to minus one against the Rams. I also don't hate that, but there's part of me that wants to root for Baker. And then also from an objective standpoint, uh, you know, the Packers are a little wonky. But again, realistically, they should win that game. So the point is, yes, I, I like minus four 
with the Vikings. They do have an average winning margin of 6.4 points this season. That extends to 7.8 at home. By the way, interestingly enough, the Colts have an average losing margin of 13 points, but on the road, it jumps up to 23. At home, it's just four. So I know Minnesota typically has the advantage at home. I think you're going to be safe with your four, but because they couldn't find the other team to really pair it with with Buffalo, and just because it is over the key number of three for a little bit of security, I parlayed both of their money lines. Vikings minus 198, Bills minus $3 at FanDuel here in Illinois, and uh, that comes out to even money. So that's my strategy with Minnesota and then Buffalo, Mike. That's good because it's not a tease spot for Minnesota, really. I know it's through the zero or whatever. I finally lost one of those. That Tua, he can't throw the ball yeah. outside the numbers. Oh. How come that guy, he just lobs it up there? I, I was, Chargers also, to your point, were healthy. You know, we finally saw a somewhat healthy Chargers team. I thought Herbert was great, though. I mean, he put the ball in small windows, and there were some of those plays in the second half. It, the receivers were very well covered, but he put the ball in there. Uh, and they looked good. I thought they just, they really looked good. They were in control of the game in the second half. Anyhow, um, I don't hate your play because I think this weather will be a huge factor in that night game at Orchard Park. Yeah, so when you look at it, this one opened seven and a half, and actually we mm -hmm. have seen it come down to seven. So Miami getting a tad bit of the love. Uh, total 47 in the hook, now down to 44 or 44 in the hook. So the Bills can clinch an AFC playoff spot with this win if they can get it. Again, they lost 21 to 19 in week three at Miami, and that game was just all over the place. I mean, Buffalo realistically should have won it because that was a game where I think they just completely dominated time of possession, yet uh, the turnovers and all other mishaps screwed them in that spot. You bring up Tua. Obviously, he struggled last week. The narrative came down to, oh, Herbert or Tua? I mean, it's an obvious answer. And it's a dumb discussion. But look, Tua's completed just 46% of his passes over the past two games against the 49ers and then against the Chargers. Against the Chargers, just 145 passing yards. We already mentioned the weather going to be snowy. It's going to be cold. I thought this would be a factor for Miami looking in the postseason. And because, like, we've already beat the dead horse, it's a revenge spot. Two is not looking great. And Buffalo really needing to get this dub. This will be a bigger impact than most games. And Miami's kind of a little banged up. Like, Tyree Kill's banged up. Jeff uh, Jeff Wilson, Teron Armstead, and some other guys. And they're off a shorter week, relatively speaking. So, uh, again, you know my play. I, I like Buffalo outright here. Uh, do you have them in a teaser or anything yeah. with Buffalo? I teased them. So they're the first leg of my teaser, Danny. I, it's a six-point teaser down to one. And I'll tell you the second. To, well, I'll tell you now because we don't get to this game. I teased sure. them with the Packers. So I took them both down to one, Bills and Packers. Uh, yeah, I think there's still an argument maybe even to lay seven in this game um, because I think this game could get away from Miami in the wind and the cold. Yeah. And if Allen has a good first half and they get in charge. I, I also thought Miami um, went into that game trying to throw the ball too much against San Diego. You know, they, I thought there were opportunities to run against the Chargers and get get ahead of the chains, and they didn't. Because yeah. to your point, they're trying to perpetuate this argument. They didn't make a mistake drafting Tua over <laughs> Herbert. I mean, and that's the and that's, and that's the storyline that they went to show out. And I think it cost them a chance to win the game probably. A hundred percent. And hey, that should have been their strategy considering the Chargers are one of the worst run defenses, surrendering the most yards per rush attempt. And when they did hand off the ball, they'd get big chunk yardage plays, right? It, yeah. I don't know what, the, what they were trying to do there. It's just like they panicked and played catch up. And 
Look, I mean, uh, Brandon Staley called a great defensive game. You just got to limit the opportunities on the inside of the field. I know a lot of people on Twitter were kind of dishing out some of the film. And, well, now you're actually going up against a competent defense in Buffalo with those weather conditions. Not sure you're going to improve in this game. So, all right, we're on the same page with Buffalo. Uh, the third Saturday game, how about Cleveland and Baltimore? Looks like Tyler Huntley should be in line to play. I know he was a little banged up, but... Today, on Thursday, he had no injury designation at practice. So Huntley, before getting knocked out of the game against Pittsburgh, was 8 of 12 for 88 passing yards. Uh, then rookie Anthony Brown came in, and he did okay. He didn't do anything terrible. But really, the story was J.K. Dobbins, 15 carries, a buck 20 on the ground for one rushing touchdown. Lamar Jackson, they're saying, may not be back until at least Christmas Eve would be the earliest. So, again, this is the second time around with these division opponents. Ravens beat the Browns earlier this year, 23-20. to That was Jackson versus Brissett. Both are not going to be in this game, assuming it's going to be Deshaun Watson the whole time. Cleveland opened three. Some spots came down to two in the hook, but consensus is three. Total has dipped from 42 now to 38, Mike. Um, look, uh, I mean, I have a bunch more numbers here, but I won't get into it too crazily because I, I don't have a play in this game. I kind of lean toward Cleveland, but the reason I may stay away is because even though it's Tyler Huntley, like his completion percentage is really strong, but the running effort against the Browns run defense that ranks 30th in DVOA could be the difference maker here. If they control it, the defense does enough to limit it already, I don't know, just not solid Deshaun Watson. And I think either result would not surprise me one way or the other. You know, I was on Cincinnati against the Browns and really not that much of a sweat, the, the five, five and a half. Um, but it was very strange because the first quarter was scoreless. And really the only drive of the first quarter was the Brown second drive where they went down the field with Watson and they got to fourth and one. They could have kicked a 43-yard field goal. But they bring Brissett in. They brought Brissett in for fourth and one, so I thought surely they're just going to run a sneak, right? A bigger quarterback. And they have them throw a goal route to the end zone on fourth. It was amazing. It was like to me the key play of the game. That never oh, let yeah. the Browns get out ahead. It was just so stupid. Um, so, and then, you know, the middle part of the game, Cincinnati dominated the second quarter and that. But I, I don't know here. My, my gut tells me the Ravens win this game, that they play conservatively. Watson's still not good enough yet. Um, but, you know, I think it's a field goal game either way. I don't know if there's any advantage. Uh, if you told me the Browns won by six or seven, I'd say, yeah, okay. So I don't know that taking the three is enough. I could, I could see an argument for teasing the Ravens up to 10 if you wanted to do that in a sure. teaser. Um, and then the total has just dropped too far for me to get involved. Yeah, the total playing <laughs> under would have been the right yeah. move. But yep. like you said, it's it's just shifted way too much. I mean, like four points and it's in the 30s. It's just not really worth it to get involved with. This is actually a pretty significant game for both of us because I have over nine and a half wins for Baltimore. You have over ten and a half. So they got Cleveland this week. They got the Falcons next week. Yep. Then the Steelers. And that may come down to the wire for both your bets on each team's. And then add uh, Cincinnati in the final week. So uh, it's going to be a little bit of a sweat. But hopefully, because, I, again, I haven't played anything right now. For our sake, they get the dub. But, man, yeah, this one, uh, this one's going to be an interesting game. That's for sure. Uh, so, yeah, we got nothing right now. Maybe we'll have some props. We'll see. All right, uh, Mike, let's talk Saints and Falcons next. 
So this game, the first time they met was the game, what was it, week one, where the Falcons just absolutely dominated the entire course of this game till the fourth quarter, where then the Saints outscored them 17-3. to They end up winning 27-26, to Dennis Allen's head coaching debut. This game, we see the Saints opening up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, up to four now. Total open 42, up to 43 in the hook. The big news here is that Desmond Ritter will be starting in his first game for the Atlanta Falcons over Marcus Mariota, who's also on the IR. Uh, I guess the Saints are still playing Andy Dalton. I don't get why the hell you still have him in there instead of Jameis Winston. It makes absolutely no sense, Mike. I'm not going to touch this one, but if I did, I, I kind of like the idea of taking the points with, with Desmond Ritter and the Falcons because of the unknown, and I feel like he can't be less impactful than Mariota. He was only completing like 14 passes a game. So Ritter can be a mobile guy and he's kind of an untapped potential with no film on him. Maybe that at least gives a slight edge to Atlanta. And as bad as the Falcons defense is, like unless Kamara's going off, the Saints offense can't do anything. Yeah, that was Jameis week one that led that comeback in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, to your argument, and I'm not suggesting the Falcons team around Ritter is the same as the 49ers team around Purdy. But these kids that started for four years in college, I think definitely have an advantage early on in their careers. Purdy with 46 starts looked terrific against the, uh, against the Bucks. <clears throat> Ritter, 49 starts uh, at Cincinnati, even more than, than um, <clears throat> what Purdy had at Iowa State. Um, it's tough here. I think the Saints defense is pretty nasty still. I still think they're a top five defense. Um, so I wouldn't be inclined to take the four on the road. I, it's a pass here for me, but I could see Ritter having a decent game. I agree. All right, Mike. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk. I hope you have a play in this one because I want to get involved. But I, Jets, Lions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jets and Lions. Of, look, I think there's still three. Well, yeah, of course, Dolphins-Bills is an important game. But really, mm -hmm. you know, on Sunday itself, I think there's three real games. It's Giants-Commanders at night, Lions-Jets, and Titans-Chargers are the three yep. key games where both teams are, are very viable uh, for the playoffs. Danny, these Lions, this is their toughest game left on their schedule. I, I, I don't have a play. I don't have a play, but I want to play this game because I think it's going to be a really good football game. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? It's like you want to get involved because it's yeah. going to be fascinating as all hell, but it's like the line is perfect. I mean, it opened three. Now it's pick them. A total drop significantly from like 50 in the hook down to 44 in the hook. But look, the Lions, Mike, are averaging over 32 points per game their last five. They have the best red zone efficiency in the entire season of the NFL right now at 75%, but it has increased to 90% over their last three games defensively though of course is their issues they're last in the league allowing 6.2 yards per play now you look at the jets this is a limited offense although it has looked better with mike white if he's not limping onto the field after getting clocked numerous times last week uh, this jets offense uh again their red zone efficiency the last three games is just at 30 percent but defensively they're limiting opponents to 18.7 points per game only one opponent have scored 30 points against them this year, and they're first in the league by limiting opponents to 4.8 yards per play. So you have opposite ends of the spectrum here. Which one is going to come through? Does it? Do you think the difference maker comes down to the head coaches here, Campbell versus Sala? And if so, you got to give the nod to Robert Sala a little bit, right? Like Dan Campbell's still questionable with his clock management. I was getting a little pissy on Sunday when he's punting from the 40. I mean, what's he doing? He's trying to get 20 yards of field position. It's like fourth and eight. 
either go for it or try a 57 yard field. I don't know what you're trying to gain there in a game, you know, is going to be played in the thirties with the Vikings. Right. I think, yeah, but, but, but anyhow, the only thing right now that I would do in this game is I lean over Danny. I think there's going to be points in this game. I think Mike white will get points. And I think, I think they'll score more touchdowns than field goals. You know, they struggle kicking field goals in the red zone and this lions offense, the OC there, the coordinator, I think he gets a great uh, rhythm to his game. And they get rolling here, and they that offensive line is good. They drafted offensive line. That line's gotten better. They protect Goff. You know, when Goff has time to see down the field, he's, he's accurate. It's just when you make him move or you get somebody in his face, then he, he goes haywire and starts spinning around and all that, that nonsense. He's played better in weather this year than he has in the past, notwithstanding that New England game where they just did nothing. Um, but look, this Giants team should have won six in a row, really. Let's be honest about it. They could have won that game on Thanksgiving against Buffalo. I, I give the Lions a good chance to win here, but I think there's points here. I don't, I, you know, we made it with the Lions team total pretty easily last week, despite the yeah. first half going under. Um, I, I think this is a game that's, you know, that's got 27-24 kind of written all over it. So right now the consensus total out by you in Nevada seems to be about 44 in the hook. I know yep. you're not saying this is an official play right now, but are you maybe waiting to see if it dips down to 44 or you're just kind of waiting overall uh, just to wait. get a little bit better feeling I, on it? I will wait because I think it will come down. Ten, games tend to get bet down before the game, uh, and you'll get a little bit better idea of weather on Sunday morning. But if this thing drops like 43, I think I get involved. Yeah, I don't hate that angle. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, Mike White's got to be due to execute in the red zone against this defense, and Detroit's offense may just be good enough to still move it against the Jets. Even though the Bills didn't last week, was kind of a wonky game. And the Bears in the first half with Trevor Simeon were moving the ball a little mm -hmm. bit, so hey, who knows? Maybe the Lions can. All right, Mike, let's talk Houston and Kansas City. I know plenty of people were sweating out that Texans-Cowboys game last week because of the survivor implications. Oh, man, Lovey finally has the goal to go for it, and they can't get the touchdown in the red zone. That was kind of disappointing. But, hey, you're getting Houston as a double-digit dog once again. Catching 14 line has not moved. Total has, though, 46 in the hook, now up to 49 and a half. Texans don't have a great defense. Chiefs don't really have a great defense either, but I, I wouldn't really freak out from what we saw with Kansas City last week against Denver. I I'm sure the Texans will put up, I don't know, maybe like 17 points in this game or something like that. It's just one of those, and it's kind of been the constant theme all year. High spread, I'm probably not getting involved, Mike. I'm not getting involved. I don't understand. You get the ball on the three-yard line or whatever. You never throw the ball into the end zone there at the end of the game. You know, and eight out of nine people that had Dallas left had Dallas. So you, we could have been down to 22 there. If they stick the ball in with three minutes, that game's over. Um, but they couldn't. I don't get it, you know, and then Driscoll. And I, I don't know what they're doing with Mills and Driscoll and all this nonsense. But Dallas played awful, and, and McCarthy gets to walk away with a win and still has an outside shot. They need the Eagles to stumble somewhere else, but an outside yeah. shot at the division title because they get them in Dallas. It, this game doesn't appeal to me in any way. How about I feel bad? How about if you had the Chiefs up twenty-eight nothing against the, one of the worst offenses in history, and you don't cover that game last week? That's got to be a sick beat too. Yeah, Mike. I so I teased them down. I was like, if I can't even win this teaser when they're up, like yeah, twenty-seven, twenty-eight nothing, this is going to be one of the worst beats. It, it was unbelievable what was happening. Yeah, that Denver team is sick. Yeah, no play here. 
All right, what about the Eagles and Bears? You talk about the Eagles maybe falling victim. Eh, not sure it happens in the Windy City, but it is going to be a windier day in Chicago. Looks like it could be double-digit win, so we'll see how that affects both teams. Uh, Dallas Goddard could be back for the Eagles this weekend, so make sure you keep an eye on that. Uh, they, they say he is progressing, and there's an outside shot he can make it. So, again, monitor his status. Interesting note, by the way, that I just found, uh, more so for Bears fans, but Fields has rushed for at least 50 yards and a touchdown in six straight games, matching the longest streak for the franchise since Gale Sayers did that in 1969. So I know uh, Justin Fields' props are always going to be a popular way to look about it. I think you have a good reason to go over with him, and you should have some consideration with David Montgomery, Mike, because, you know, the latter half of this season – there has been a strategy to at least keeping it close and competitive with the Eagles, and that's running the ball. That's their weakest part of their entire team. They rank 24th against the run, according to DVOA. They're allowing opposing tailbacks 4.7 yards per rush attempt, which is 28th. The Bears run the ball the most in the NFL, 35 handoffs per game. I mean, think about the Commanders. They ran the ball over like 35 times in that game, and they won. Damian Pierce had over 100 rushing yards. The Texans covered that spot. Uh, there's another game that I'm forgetting about, but there has been a recipe to keeping it close. And if you think the Bears are going to do that or capable of doing it, it starts with Fields on his ground on the ground effort like it has with every game with Fields, but then David Montgomery especially. So if you do think they're going to have a viable day on the ground effort, I think taking nine could be a viable option. I'm not going to do it personally, Mike. Uh, by the way, the total's up to 48 in the hook. I would maybe look at the under just a tad bit. The Bears are awful defensively. They rank last in DVOA and the Eagles offensively. I get how tremendous they are, but I don't know, Mike. I just don't know if this is going to be a blowout type of game. Would you? I'm not. I have no play. Would you rather tease the Eagles down to two or the Bears up to sixteen? Oof. Well, from a Bears fan standpoint, I would rather tease up the Bears. But objectively speaking, it's tricky, man. I, I think the Eagles are going to win, but I feel like it's not going to be necessarily that comfortable of a win if the defense is getting a little bit healthier with Gordon and Brisker. I mean, Fields at least – like the Bears have done this several times, right? They at least give you the opportunity to be in the game late, and then Fields is always going to mess up on the game-winning or game-tying drive. But I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, you know what? I, I guess I'll just, I would say I would tease down Philly because realistically, I, I mean, Philly's, they're still going to win this game, right? And they could absolutely win in a blowout fashion. Like the the Eagles have a better chance of winning in a blowout than the Bears probably do winning this one outright, I guess you would say. I consider teasing the Eagles down, you know, but because look, they've got to keep going. Dallas wins. They got to keep ahead here because, you know, you could let the East slip away. That's the one to the five seed. That's the thing with this this format with the four divisions. You go from a one to a five. So I think the Eagles have to continue along. They've been able to dominate teams. They're a good first half team. I would look at teams in the Eagles, but I haven't done so yet. All right, Mike, let's talk Pittsburgh and Carolina next. Oh, man, you, you know what? You had life with the Steelers team in your win total bet, the adjusted one over eight and a half, right? That was the number you had. Mm -hmm. And I mean, last week, if Kenny Pickett doesn't go out, if he's not injured, yeah, you could win that game, right? And then this week, it looks like he may not be in the mix against a, well, a better Carolina team, but still a team you should probably beat. And now you got to decide between Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph. They're both splitting snaps at practice. I, I mean, I would assume it's going to be Mitch Trubisky. 
But that has caused this line to go from Pittsburgh as a three-point favorite to Carolina as a three-point favorite. Total opened at 40. Now it's down to 37 in the hook. Uh, Mike, I I've got nothing in this game. I, I just think it's going to be absolutely disgusting. I don't know, man. I mean, does it make a difference for you if it's Trubisky or Rudolph? I'm sure it does to a lot of people. I, I have no interest, so it doesn't for me at this point. I would rather have Trubisky um, than Mason Rudolph. Um, but I can't play the game. I mean, the line's probably right if Pickett doesn't play. If Pickett plays, obviously, I think I would take the three uh, in this spot. But it won't be there if, if they declare it. So, uh, Panther season suddenly alive to win a division. Interesting. Should be a should be a raucous crowd there. Should be a great atmosphere. You thought this team was left for dead. Rule gets fired. They give give away McCaffrey, but they sort of found an identity since they gave away McCaffrey. So you know, it's a good story. Um, obviously, I'm still alive. The Steelers have to win out, so I'll cheer for the Steelers. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Mike. Dallas and Jacksonville next. Uh, Dallas opened up as a five and a half point favorite. This one is down to four. Total open 45, up to 47 in the hook. Uh, we were talking with Matt Humans yesterday. So Matt actually, so his kind of thought process, because the look-ahead spot, he liked the idea of taking the points with the Bears and liked the idea of taking the points with the Jacksonville Jaguars in this game. I can't get there. I, I'm sure you'll get a live betting opportunity with Dallas, and they'll find a gross way to win it. I'm still not fully convinced on Trevor Lawrence and this team, even though they have proven me wrong the past several weeks. Again, it's going to be grinded out, probably ugly, narrow victory by Dallas, and I'll wait to see if I get a better in-game number. I think the move up is correct. I think there'll be points in this game. Um, watching the game with the Cowboys and the Texans tells me why I can never trust Dallas in the playoffs. It's just yes. they don't have a consistent effort week in and week out, and and they play to the level of the competition a lot. I. I I would not be shocked if the Jaguars won this game. I, I think they can put points on the board. Um, four and a half is too much for me to lay, and yet at the same time, I don't want to take the Jaguars. So I, I pass, but I think there'll be points. Okay, yeah, and again, that's where the market's gone. 45 up to 47 and the hook. Dallas's defense does have its lapses, and Jacksonville's offense finally getting a groove on that side of the ball. So we'll see if it'll be enough to push this thing toward the over. Okay, Mike, I, I don't know why I may do this to myself, but I kind of, I haven't done it, but I, I almost Stop have it. a Stop bet. It. You're not going to watch, <laughs> you will not watch this game. You will not watch it. But it, it, could, it could be so ugly that it's entertaining, right? No, no, no it's not. <laughs> I, it was hard right. to watch, to me, it was hard to watch Monday Night Football. It was hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> No, I hear you. And for anyone who doesn't uh, already know what game we're talking about, it's the Cardinals <laughs> on the road against the Broncos in a game that may feature Colt McCoy and Brett Rippon here because Russell Wilson's in concussion protocol. I'm going with the assumption that Russell Wilson is not going to play. I mean, he got clocked and he hasn't been practicing, but this line has moved up to Denver from a point favorite to a three-point favorite to low, total open 39 in the hook. It's down to as low as 36 in the hook, but 37 is a consensus number. I don't hate taking the points with the Cardinals because Colt McCoy has actually been a viable backup, arguably better than Kyler Murray. I think he's 3-2 and two as a backup is Colt McCoy. Um, look, the Broncos have allowed 17 points or fewer in eight games, but they've only won three of them. 
Here's the thing, though. They're actually pretty poor against the run. Uh, they're 17th against the run. 118 yards per game is what they're allowing with the rushing yards. 19th in yards per attempt. 4.4 is what they're allowing. They rank 17th in DVOA run defense. Third against the pass. James Conner's been electric as of late. 205 rushing yards on 40 attempts since week 13. He scored four rushing touchdowns in his past four games. I guess if you can at least have safe, precise passes with Colt McCoy and James Conner can handle the rest and the Broncos offense continues to stink, that's what would make taking three points or maybe even teasing them up. I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but that's what would, it would make it kind of attractive here, Mike. I won't. I don't want to even talk about it. I, can, I don't want to waste <laughs> waste my time. This is an embarrassment of two franchises that have been a real embarrassment mm. this year. You know, the only drama on Monday night was uh, whether – uh, Mac would stab Patricia in the neck with the pencil, and I mean it's just it's it's comical, um, you know. And I thought uh, Rex Byers, who's worked at about fifty different sports books, had a good tweet at halftime about your second half bet has to be: Do you think that the Patriots coaching staff can make the better second half adjustments in this game versus this Cardinals coaching staff? And I thought he hit it he hit it right on the head. Look, I think the Broncos have a better chance with Rippin. Than, than Russell Wilson, I, I really do, um, because at least he'll move. He'll, he he will move and, and use his legs. He's not afraid to be hit. Um, I, I hear what you say about McCoy. McCoy has looked very good in relief appearance. He's like the perfect backup quarterback because you yeah. can just plug him in there and he can he can make the throws and he can use his legs. People that you know nobody gets offended by him and nobody on the team will ever hate him. They all rally around him. Um, but I just can't. I can't play this game. I mean, I would go if I had to. I would probably bet under. But that's just a reflex of mine. So I don't even want them to flash the score on the bottom of the screen. Somehow I need to program it so I don't have to know anything about it. Yeah, this one may not be making the uh, featured screen at the Circus Sportsbook. I no shot. Imagine. No, no. It'll be what <laughs> one TV out of forty-six at Megabar. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> All right, Mike. Uh, let's talk Raiders and Patriots next. So, uh, again, speaking of Matt Humans, because I love kind of getting his thoughts on the Raiders, he kind of like gave up on them because they had bad beats, but then he bet them the other week. They came through, not against the Rams the week before, uh, whoever that was against, maybe the Seahawks. Uh, so now he, he kind of liked them again in this spot, Mike. I, I don't really have any thought here. I mean, you're getting Belichick against McDaniels, right? The former. The former colleagues going against one another and, you know, how Belichick typically fares in those spots. Uh, the Raiders allowing, though, just 3.1 yards per rush attempt over the last three games. Patriots at three and a half. So we know that Josh Jacobs has been a huge focal point for the Raiders' success. And for the Patriots, Ramondre Stevenson, who is a little bit banged up, has been a big point to their success in a limited offense in New England with a defensive coordinator calling the plays, which makes no sense. But, hey, that's how the NFL is this year. Uh, Las Vegas is 31st in DVOA. New England is third when you look at their defenses. Uh, I uh, I really don't know here, Mike. 45 down to 44 in the hook with a total. Las Vegas open two. Now it's down to a pick. Uh, what the heck do you do with this game? Yeah, we were at the Patriots one for a while today. Wow. Um, it's interesting. I don't know. I can't. How can you trust the Raiders? Like, you know, if they can't win that game against the Rams, they had all the momentum. They go on the road. They went in overtime. They went in overtime. Looked like they're going to steal a playoff spot again. And then that collapse and just the boneheaded things. And I just don't think Carr has like a win gene in him. Right. I don't think he's a no. clutch, a clutch gene. And that's the problem. And so in a game like this where it's close and against a well-coached team, I just have to pass. It's it's just so 
hard to choose if like i'm just thinking of from the perspective if you had to play because like new england theoretically should be able to win this game you have the better coach you have the way better defense but what holds you back from new england mike is matt patricia right and the inability for mac jones to fully succeed and untap his potential if they had someone competent calling the plays i think this is a for sure bet on new england I just can't get there because of kind of what you saw in the first half with the Patriots against the Cardinals, right? I'd rather have Zappy. I just that's that's my yeah, opinion. Sure. Because I think they're they're bickering all the time too, the quarterback and the OC. I don't get all that. I know they drafted him, you know, with their pick in top ten or whatever it was, or fifteen or whatever. But God, the guy the guy seems to be an asshole. I mean, he really does, and he is. This is about him, and and. Yeah. He, He's openly That's on how it the was field. in Detroit. He's disrespecting. You know what I mean? I think it's awful. So I, I don't know. I don't know if Belichick will get hold of this or if let Judge call the plays would be any better. I, I don't know. I mean, or let Belichick call the damn plays. I, I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I they have a lot better defense, but their offense really doesn't. They should be able to run the ball. Uh, you, you gave the Raiders stats. They still should be able to run the ball and use play action. So I, I really don't know. I think the Raiders – Offense, obviously, I think they're offensively, they should be one of the top five scoring teams in the league, but it doesn't get there. Yeah, Ramondre Stevenson will be interesting to see where they post his props. Right now, Thursday afternoon, they haven't really done anything, but I would maybe consider Stevenson anytime touchdown. Raiders dead last in the red zone against the run. So something to consider if you do want to get involved, not with a side or the total. Uh, Mike, another game where I'm looking to wait to see where the props are going to pop up at with Justin Herbert is the Chargers and the Titans. And the reason that I'm looking at that is because Justin Herbert at this point, Mike, is averaging 29 completions on 49, or pardon me, 43 pass attempts. So he's slinging it left and right. And now you got your main weapons, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back in the mix. You're going against a Tennessee defense that ranks 28th against the pass, but first against the run, according to DVOA, and the Chargers don't really love to run the ball with Eckler in the first place. Furthermore, the Titans are allowing over 26 completions per game. That's dead last. Over 40 pass attempts per game. That is also dead last. So I'm waiting to see where that pops up at. I, I think that'll be a good bet to look at. In terms of the side in total, two is where the Chargers open. Three is where you're seeing it now. 45 and a half for the opener on the total now up to 46 and the hook. What are you thinking here? Lay the three. I know I'm an anti chargers. A lot of the time with the baby losers. I, I like him a lot here in this spot. I think this Tennessee defense is in trouble. Injuries at the linebacker position. They can't get control of these games. They sort of now start out with a game plan of, they think Tannehill is going to be their savior and they're going to let him throw the ball around the field. But when you get behind, you know, that happens, especially if you get behind two scores. I think this is a great spot. Big momentum win on Sunday night against Miami. This Charger team looks headed to the playoffs, and I think they continue to roll here. So I want to lean that way, Mike. I, and I don't want to – and I'm not saying it's recency bias because the Chargers are a much different team when they're healthy. Mm -hmm. Tennessee's look bad in a couple different spots, and I think you and I still haven't fully been convinced on yeah. this squad – but in the fact that you're betting the Chargers, because if anybody's listening, you know Mike's been anti-Chargers and anti-Brandon Staley. A lot of people love Mike Vrabel, and now you're going against a questionable coach in Staley. So you must, you must really have some conviction here just looking at the players in the spot to go with the Chargers. Well, they're healthy. You made that point that I didn't listen to last week. They're rarely on the field together, those two. And you, they, he doesn't have those weapons 
You know, they're still missing guys on the defensive side here. But also Dicker. You know, Dicker's been very consistent for them. That's always been a problem within the kicking game. He makes the kicks he should make. Uh, I think he's found a home there. I like the Chargers here. You're, you're right. I, you know, for me to lay three with the Chargers, I got to think they're going to win by seven. <laughs> hey, I, I'll be rooting for you. And I may get involved. I'll probably wait for a better number if I get it in-game, if Derrick Henry busts out for a big run against her poor run defense. But you're right, like – for some, like sometimes, like against Philly, they abandon Derrick Henry, and then you put too much reliability on an average quarterback in Ryan Tannehill against a defense that clearly made adjustments against Tua Tonga Vailoa. You should be able to do it against Ryan Tannehill. So I like your play. Don't know if I'll get there right now, but I'll absolutely be rooting for you and probably will end up getting on their side uh, throughout the course of that game. Uh, Mike, how about Tampa Bay and Cincinnati next? So, yeah, last week you and I cashed in on Cincy Lane, the five. You had it first, and then I followed your lead. So, good call by you. Uh, this week they opened two and a half on the road against Tom Brady. Now they're up to three and a half. Total 42 in the hook, now up to 44. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to lay over the number of three with Cincinnati, but how in the world – can you put any trust in Tampa Bay? I think last week was the final straw of me giving, not that I bet them in that game, but like if there was any sliver of hope, they had to keep last week competitive. They couldn't. You're still going against a Cincinnati team that kind of reflects what San Francisco is, a solid offense with a very strong defense. And I'm not saying Cincy's defense is as good as San Francisco, but they're still tops of the league. Why they're able to beat a team like Kansas City, why they're able to maintain that lead against Cleveland, I mean, it would have to be sincere nothing, but I'm opting into the latter as of this moment. I'll give you my play because I'm going to talk about the other game too. They give me a money line parlay, Danny, there a money go. line parlay, Bengals and Commanders. That's oh, going to be my play okay. here. And we'll talk a little bit more about this. I just have this weird feeling this game's going to, even the three I wouldn't like to lay that this game could land on a one or a two with some wonky shit with Tom Brady, you know, mm -hmm. coming back late in the game. But, boy, they look dead on their feet in San Francisco. They look just plain awful. And I was mad because I had a shot to go 5-0 and in humans contest, and my last mm -hmm. play was the under there. I said the game 17-13, 14-13-14. Well, you know, the Bucks kept up their end, but, they, I mean, Brock Purdy and, and the 49ers went up and down the field and scored a touch. You couldn't even get them to <laughs> kick field goals. So, but th this is not a good team. This Bucks team is not a good team. They're an awful offense. The defense is downgraded from years previous. They can't control the middle of the field. Now, Vita Vey has not played very well. He hasn't had the support around him. You can run inside on him. This Bengals team is very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. And they've been good to us all year, Danny. Whether we played on them or against them, I'm on them this week. I kind of like that angle, too, because I'm looking at this Washington game, Mike, and I do think they're the right side. You and I have only played the one game where we laid five because we hate that spot, but you're kind of getting Washington in that realm. At Circa, you guys got them hanging the five. Totals at 40 in the hook for that division battle with Washington and New York. Now, if you recall, everybody listening, the last game two weeks ago resulted in a 20-20 to tie, but the benefit should go to the commanders because... They played that game, Washington had a bye week, and then you get the Giants again. A weird quirk in the scheduling, but it's a huge benefit to the Commanders who are also at home, whereas the Giants blew the lead in that game, right? Then they played another opponent. They got walloped by the Eagles. Now you have to play the Commanders again. I mean, it should line up an advantage for the Commanders, and that's what the betting market's kind of telling you. But 
uh, they do play close, so that's what makes not laying the five that tempting. And I, I get your approach with the money line parlay, my man. I, I, I may have to jump in on that with you. I like it. This I think this might be the most popular survivor pick. Ooh. There's 23 of the 30 have the commanders. I just think the bye week after the tie, they get the bye. The Giants had a play, and now the scene shifts south to Washington. You know, Jason Wright, who's the president of, of the Commanders, was the keynote speaker at the AGA conference. I was very, very impressed by him. He's more of an economist, right? A football, former football player who's trying to change the culture there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I give the advantage here to the Commanders. I just think, you know, the Giants' time has sort of run out in these one-score games, a little bit like the Vikings had when they face a tougher opponent. I, I like the Commanders to win this game. Not at all interested in five. But I, I, I think this is a field goal game maybe. But uh, I, I would be really surprised if the Giants won on the road here. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And now I'm just contemplating if I should get involved in that. I don't know if I'll do it right now. <laughs> but I like the idea of getting involved with Washington to some degree. So uh, we'll see if something else kind of dials itself up before kickoff. And really quick, just wanted to rattle off some stats. Uh, in that pre or the first game, Heineke went 27 of 41, 275 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, the stats were very impressive out of Taylor Heineke. Daniel Jones, 25 of 31, but only 200 passing yards, one touchdown. Robinson had 21 carries for 86 rushing yards. Saquon was fairly limited, uh, 18 carries for 63 yards, one rushing touchdown, though. Daniel Jones had 12 carries for 71 rushing yards for anyone considering some of these props, especially since they just played as of late. But all right, I like it, Mike. We'll be rooting for you. Let's get to the best bets, the ones that we have officially played as of this moment. Last week, you went 2-1 with your plays. You had Cincy minus 5. Lions team total over 26 in the hook. A couple dubs for you. And then, as you mentioned earlier, the Dolphins screwed you on your teaser. You had Philly down to minus 1. You got there with absolute ease. Miami plus 3.5. I think they lose by 6 in that game. So that was kind of a bummer. And uh, But still made it out on top. 2-1, 25-16 overall record. And your official plays, just to recap, look like what? Vikings minus four, Chargers minus three, Bengals and Commanders money line parlay, and Bills Packers uh, six point teaser. Bills Packers six point teaser. All righty, good stuff. As for myself, I went five and four last week. Had Carlson over one and a half field goals on Thursday. Acres anytime touchdown, which was a lucky but a very nice hit at plus one eighty. Uh, the tees with the Bills and the Chiefs had to sweat out Kansas City, but we got there. Had the Bengals with Mike. Had the Patriots on Monday night. The Vikings screwed me on the teaser, Mike. I mean, Dan Campbell kicking that field goal at the end. That was a bummer. Uh, Bills covered it, but the Vikings did not cover nine in the hook, so that was a loss. The Titans, I mean, turnovers and fumbles in the first half killed me. I thought I had that one, Mike. I that one stuck. I told you. This is screwy, <laughs> screwy, screwy number. That is true. So that one that one was unfortunate. Jamal Williams didn't get over 46 and a half rushing yards in a game that they were controlling against a poor run defense, and he was fairly limited. He got like 36 or 39, so that was a real bummer that he couldn't get over when they were running out the clock. And then James Conner, I had him under his rushing yards. He actually had a really good game against the Patriots. So I went 5-4, and four, overall record up to 54-55 and 55 on the year. 
Not that much action for me right now. I just got that money line parlay with the Vikings and the Bills for even money, uh, considering a lot of the other ones, but just haven't fully gotten there. But if we do have any additional plays, like I always say, it will be added at vsin.com. Every show host and guest log all of their wagers for every single sport. Then, of course, I'll have plenty of action. That's probably what I'll what'll make the uh, the brunt of my workload for my props that I got this weekend. And that will be available here on VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed on Prop Watch. So make sure you listen to that as well. Mike, any final thoughts before we send this bad boy off? What was the stat you said? 50 rushing yards and a touchdown for the Bears. What was that? Oh, for was Justin that Fields? Six straight games. So it was Fields has at least rushed for at least 50 yards and a touchdown in six straight games. That's amazing that Walter Payton never scored a touchdown in six straight games that it goes back to Sayers. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Anyhow, I was just I was maybe, listening and I couldn't believe that Payton hadn't done it. Maybe it's specifically like a rushing touchdown, obviously, with Fields. And maybe Payton got like a receiving one in one of the games or just didn't get one. But yeah, who knows? Kind of interesting. So... All righty, Mike, that'll do it. Make sure you follow Mike on Twitter, guys, at Mike Palm Circa. As for myself, at DaddyBurk5. Best of luck with all your weekend action from Saturday to Sunday. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.